0: Alongside Tanner Marlar, I'm Cody Blazak, back with another episode of The Dudes as we preview this Saturday's game between Kentucky and Mississippi State here at Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville, Mississippi. Kickoff is set for 6 o'clock. We're excited for this one. Kentucky is one of those teams where, I mean, it feels like they could be that good, but at the same time, they haven't played a whole lot of spectacular teams. Before we jump into that, though, we had Mississippi State volleyball head coach Julie Darty Dennis and her assistant, Taylor. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the last name because I'm going to butcher it again. We had them, McCorsky. But we had them on Tuesday. It was... We, I think we, we had a great time with them. Oh, they were Super great. fun to talk to. I hope we can get them come tournament time. Heck, maybe we can get them in the next couple weeks again. But... On the hot topic of volleyball, they are now second in the SEC after last night – yeah, it was last night. Last night's win over Georgia puts them second in the SEC. Julie Daugherty-Dennis has turned this Mississippi State volleyball program around.
1: Oh, she has. She has. I believe that last night tied or beat the – the the record for the amount of wins in a season. Keep in mind, they've done that. Only being halfway through, really, the SEC slate, very impressive out of this volleyball team. Super excited to see um, what they do going forward. But in terms of games coming up, obviously, Mississippi State, Kentucky, uh, match up on the gridiron this weekend. But tonight, uh, the Magnolia Cup, Mississippi State, Old Uh, in some Bulldog soccer action. Um, Mississippi State coming off of a loss to number four Arkansas. Before that, a two-to-one win win against Texas A&M, which they scored two goals in the final five minutes to take the lead and complete the comeback. So looking to keep that momentum rolling, no doubt, as they also prepare for SEC tournament play. Big week for Bulldog sports. I know Cody and I are super excited.
0: Yeah, to add to that, being a big week, Mississippi state also got in a very special shipment today being oh, yeah. the college world series, national championship rings, which will be presented this Saturday at the game, which if you go on Instagram and look at hell state baseball or anything, Mississippi state, you see it everywhere. Those are some gorgeous rings. Like I oh, they're beautiful. They are absolutely just stunning to look at. Um, for it being a first ring for Mississippi State, they outdid this ring. I mean, uh, it, it that's a good-looking ring. So it'll be exciting to see the baseball team receive those come Saturday when everybody will get the debut of them. I'm sure everybody's seen them already, but I'm sure most people are excited for that presentation as that was a big deal for everyone as a Mississippi State fan for the Starkville area, just absolutely huge watching the run from the Oma Dogs last season. We're excited for baseball to kick off next semester, as this semester has flown by already. And I know we're looking forward to getting back out to the dude. And then, hey, we get to talk baseball. So it'll oh, be yeah. fun when we get back to that. To jump into this weekend – Mississippi State coming off of a win against Vanderbilt. Kentucky is coming off of a bye. The week before that, they took their first loss of the season to the number one team in the nation in the Georgia Bulldogs, who at this point look pretty much unstoppable. I know Kentucky lost 30-13 to 13 to them, but – It was the most points Georgia had allowed, and I I believe it was the fewest points they have scored. No, excuse me. The fewest points they scored all season was against Clemson in the first game of the season, but it was the second fewest points they've scored all season. And I'm not saying this makes Kentucky a good team or nonetheless like a top team, but to me, I think they're a lot better than people give them credit for. Um, I still think it's going to be a challenge for them coming in to Starkville they were in they were on cloud nine with just going six and zero. they took their first loss of the season Kentucky is a one and a half point favorite at the moment so going into the weekend I'm very interested to see how this team comes out and plays Will Rogers had a I don't want to say he had a shaky game but he had two interceptions, which is, I think is the most he's thrown all season in a game. Uh like at no, Vanderbilt Alabama. Alabama? I believe yeah, – three I about, against Alabama. He yeah, had three against – So, the past two weeks he's had five. The rest of the season he had two. So, interceptions, in my opinion, would be something that we would love to see cleaned up coming in to the weekend. I think the one takeaway I have from the Vanderbilt game, though, is that we got to see – oh, my gosh, I can't remember his first name. Who? Backup QB? Lovertich, yeah. Yeah, Chance Lovertich. Chance Lovertich. To me, I think that was something good to see. I know he only had six pass attempts. But – and that's something you and I have touched on all season. I'm very tired of seeing these five-yard go routes. We saw a little bit more – as far as it comes to that. So, I mean, that's a big plus to me. He had 77 yards on six pass attempts, five completions, and a touchdown. I'm not saying that Will Rogers is going to be taken out or anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little bit of a rotation between Will Rogers and Chance Lovertich at some point in time.
1: I don't think it's going to be this year. I don't think it's going to be this season. The thing with Lovertich when he came in is he's he's coming in fresh, and I don't sit back. Let me let me be clear and state that. But he's coming in fresh against a with a fresh set of wide receivers because Ra Ra Thomas hadn't taken a lot of snaps. Rufus Harvey hadn't taken a lot of snaps that game. They're fresh. They're they're limber. They're not tired, and that Vanderbilt defense has been on the had been on the field a lot that day. So that's something you have to have to put into play. And then on top of it, I, I really don't see him going see anybody going away from Rodgers. Um, do I like to see the two picks? No. But do I like everything else he did in that game? Yeah. Um, I don't think Will Rodgers necessarily had a bad game. I think he actually had a very solid game. Um, you're going to throw picks in the air raid, like I said. I, 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 I would rather you not, but. I gave him my I gave him my post game MVP for a reason. I think that is some of the most diverse passing he's shown all year in that Vanderbilt game and as I said, I mean, I think whether you left Rodgers in or not, you're going to bust the 40 mark. Um and Mississippi State did indeed as I, as as some as a certain journalist predicted, uh get their first 40-point game of the season. So, I I think that you're going to see Rodgers for the foreseeable future. It's good to know that Titch can come in the game and knows the offense and is going to be aggressive and looks 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 competitive, looks very serviceable to say the least. So that's comforting. But I, I don't I don't expect to see anybody on the field this weekend taking snaps except for Will Rogers.
0: Yeah, I think at heart I know. That Rodgers is going to be the quarterback. or he is. I know he's Mississippi State's quarterback, but there's just there's a part of me that needs a little bit more of a deep focused ball than all of these simple go routes, five yard fades, five yard post routes. And I still don't know if it's Mike Leach holding him back or Will Rogers just not wanting to throw the ball deep.
1: I think I, I don't think it's a, a case of Leach holding him back. In fact, I think against Vanderbilt, you saw him play some of his best football in terms of pass selection, in terms of wanting to drive the ball deep down the field. There were there was one pass in that game as a touchdown pass he threw to um, I believe it was Makai Polk in the back of the end zone on a go route. An absolute beautiful ball. I mean, to me, that's the best pass Rodgers has thrown all season. Um, put it in a place where only only Polk or whoever caught it could get it. Polk drugged the toe on the back of the end zone and obviously ended up scoring. But to fast, to, to kind of get off of last weekend and go on to this weekend, I, I don't I, – a lot of people are coming into this game high on Kentucky. And I'm going to – I don't – I understand. I do. Six and one is and ob, an obviously a very good record but you look at the the big win quote, quotes that put them over the hump this year and it was against a florida team that's now unranked i mean granted mississippi state's big win was against a texas a&m team that was i mean that ended up unranking them but i mean if anybody thinks texas a&m isn't a top 25 team you're out of your mind
0: um now if i'm not anyone saying I that don't, doesn't think a&m is a top twenty-five team. You come off a loss to Mississippi State, and then you beat Bambo the next week. I mean, that's not a coincidence. No, no.
1: Um, but I just don't think this Kentucky team is what everybody says they are. Chris Rodriguez is a very is a fantastic player. I mean, I wrote an article, and you can find it on SI dot com um, about three Kentucky players to watch, and Chris Rodriguez and Wandell I believe it's Robinson, are at the top of that list. Um, But Chris Rodriguez is the workhorse running back for Kentucky. He is a do-it-all type back, and Mississippi State's going to have to come ready for four four full quarters of Chris Rodriguez. But I think Kentucky is a little one-dimensional. They obviously have a very talented receiver, but they only really have one talented receiver, and I trust Emmanuel Forbes and Martin Emerson to take care of that. I really, I'm I'm high on Mississippi State coming into this game, and you know me, I'm very rarely high on Mississippi State, but I'm I'm pretty high on them coming into this game. I've got Mississippi State by more than a couple points.
0: Yeah, I think this is this is. We've also talked about this Kentucky team just in small talk before. They really haven't played anyone this season. Obviously, they played the Florida team, then they played LSU and Georgia. As far as good SEC opponents.
1: I don't even think you can call LSU a good SEC opponent at this
0: point. Yeah, but so all I'm saying is, though, they they probably have the easiest SEC schedule this year. They played Missouri, only won by seven. They defeated South Carolina by six. They defeated Florida by seven. They defeated LSU by 21. Then they lost to Georgia. Then they're going to take on Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt for the rest of their SEC Schedule, it's not a difficult schedule. Nonetheless, it could be a schedule where they go eleven and one. Oh, But yeah. they're not. They're not a. Listen, Bama might go eleven and one, and their schedule is a heck of a lot harder than this. Oh yeah.
1: No, I. I think. I. I think if it comes down to an eleven and one Kentucky and an eleven one Bama, I, I think you'd be an idiot not to put Bama in there. I,
0: I think. I. I think I in would take nine and three Bama over this year's eleven and one. Kentucky. It just, there isn't anything that stands out about them.
1: And you have to look at being
0: ranked 12th in the nation, which I don't think they're a truly ranked number 12.
1: No, I think you just have to put them there because of their record.
0: I think I would take anyone inside the top 12. Actually. I would probably take any team in the top 25 minus like six of them against Kentucky. Oh yeah.
1: No doubt. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I respect the record. I do. I respect that Mark, that Stoops is a great defensive coach. Stoops is going to come into this game and is probably going to have a, a darn good defensive scheme drawn up. But it's not, in, it's not at Kentucky. Kentucky plays extremely well at home. It's not at Kentucky. It is homecoming for Mississippi State. That stadium is about to be packed. It's a night game kickoff. Dude, it's about to be a rocking environment. Our national championship
0: baseball team get their rings as well.
1: Gets their rings. It might just be the loudest Davis Wade is all year, and it might just be the loudest environment Kentucky plays in all year. And I just don't know if that offense is going to be able to produce enough points.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. When talking about topics like this, I think one of the easiest things to say, but it's also a very accurate thing to say, your record doesn't always tell you how. Yeah. For example, a 12-0 BYU team is not the best team in the nation because of their record, especially in college sports. Maybe you go to the NFL or the NBA. Yeah, sure maybe we can call it that even then I don't think a record acu- accurately portrays how good a team no. actually is just because you have the best record doesn't mean you're the best team
1: no and I've, I've said that all year about this Kentucky team is they're that one undefeated team that that you get in college football every year that everybody everybody knows is is isn't as good as the record shows I mean they're the type of team that will go into a season six and one like they are now and then finish the season, you know, with, with eight wins.
0: Yeah. It'll be uh, it's just one of those things where, I mean, they had an easy schedule uh, good for them. that They're capitalizing on it. Yeah. There's nothing. Cause I mean, the Missouri teams, by
1: seven, I feel like if Mississippi state and Missouri match up. Mississippi State wins that one by 14 14 plus.
0: Yeah. I mean, just looking at the top 25, I would take – I think I would take Kentucky over Wake Forest. I think I would take them over Pitt, SMU, UTSA, Coastal Carolina, and BYU. So, six teams in the top 25, I think I would take Kentucky beating. Otherwise – I feel like Iowa State, Penn State, Auburn, I feel like all those teams could beat them. I I just – I don't think that this team is (laughs) as good as what they are showing to be this year. And we're going to find out in the next couple weeks as they're going to play us this weekend, then they're going to play Tennessee, who I – Tennessee is one of those teams where I'm not sure their record actually portrays – the kind of team they are. I feel like they're better than a 4-4 and team, maybe not by a whole lot. I agree. Um, I agree. I I, I think that – I I
1: think if you –
0: I think if Tennessee played Florida now, I think Tennessee would win. That Ole Miss game was incredibly tight. So, I don't think they should have lost to Pittsburgh either. Pittsburgh is showing that they are a lot better of a team than we thought nonetheless. That quarterback for Pittsburgh ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things that – I think, I think it's very possible Kentucky can go eleven and one. But I also think it is very, very possible that they could drop three of the next five games they have.
1: I generally think that it's going to be a a knockdown dragout this weekend. But I, I, I have miss for for at least the first half. I've got Mississippi State by more than seven. Um, we'll get to that here in a second. But I. <clears throat> I genuinely think that it could, it has the potential to be a one to a two point game. It does, um, just because Kentucky is 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 riding a high. I mean, let's be honest. Don't, don't get me wrong; they lost their last game, but it was to Georgia. They're still riding that six and one record. I would be. And then you know I talked about when Mississippi State played Alabama about the bye week complacency. And this is, and I don't, I don't think it played a factor in that game. I don't think you can be complacent against Alabama. But I think if you're Kentucky, I, and I don't think Mark Stoops would allow this. But if you're a player, I think you could potentially, kind of, kind of glance over Mississippi State. I mean, you're you're six and one with. You're only lost being the number one team in the nation. Mississippi State's lost a game to Memphis. They've lost a game to LSU, who you beat already. Um, they've lost – they've obviously gotten throttled by Bama. I, I genuinely think that Kentucky could come into Davis Wade a little complacent. It's a possibility. I'm not saying it will happen. But that's, that, that's a storyline that I could see going into this game
0: this week. I also think talking about records once again, and I want to get off this real quick, but just while we're on the topic, records not accurately reflect, reflecting how good a team is. I think that also we Mississippi state could also make a very good case for that on the pure fact that, and we kind of talked about this with uh, Julie Darty Dennis and uh, Taylor Mikulski Tuesday, how, yeah, Mike Leach has made an impact on the program, even though the record isn't showing it right now. Mississippi State very well should and could be six and one. I let's say for
1: arguments, let's say for, for for an unbiased journalistic state, let's say five and two. Let's say you do lose the LSU game. We know we're counting the Memphis game, obviously because that wasn't a that wasn't a player issue. The LSU game was a miscommunication issue on behalf of the players in my opinion. So let's say you're 5 and 2. Is this I mean do you come in as a heavy favorite against Kentucky?
0: Yeah. As a 5 and 2, listen. On the pure fact of this argument, I think that they should be a favorite going into this game no matter what. Even with the 4-3 record, maybe not a huge margin of being favorited, but I do think they should be favorited.
1: Well, some we people go five still and two,
0: f- Correct. Well, I'm, I'm looking at ESPN right now. They have Kentucky as one-and-a-half-point favorite. So, I mean, they're almost – it's almost even, but it's just like – Mississippi State very well could be six and one. Very well should have won that LSU game, and very well should have won that Memphis game. I, I know we're going to blame the refs for Memphis and this, that, and the other, but in the long haul, there's something we could have done some point in the game to where we wouldn't have even had to put ourselves in that situation. We
1: could have made a made a couple field goals, but yeah. So if, if if this Mississippi State team is six and one, there are already people talking about building a Mike Leach statue. And with us four and, – and with Mississippi State sitting at four and three, even if this Mississippi State team is five and two, no one's mad. And at four and three with one extra loss on the schedule, I find it stupid that people are falling the gap, but I don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, it's also – Mississippi State's also in that position where they could finish nine and three. I mean, it's very possible we went out the rest of the season. Might be unlikely. I don't think you do. I don't think we do either, but it is po- – I mean, we've got Kentucky this week, which I think a lot of people think we're going to win. You have We're going to travel to Fayetteville next weekend, and Arkansas is kind of on a slump. Then you've got Auburn the week after, and – I've got us picked about me. Auburn. I just don't – I just don't think Auburn is Auburn. Then we have Tennessee, then we close off the season with the Egg Bowl here in Starkville which is always a toss-up. So, I mean, in my opinion, it's very possible and plausible that we go 9-3. and Likely, maybe not, but I think it is possible. We got about seven and a half minutes left here. We'll jump into a little tradition that we have here on the dudes. Tanner, your journalist expertise picking uh, our X factors for this week. What is uh, your expertise telling you for the offensive X factor coming into this weekend?
1: The offensive X factor for this week, to me, is going to be one, Tulu Griffin. I think that not, all, <clears throat> not only uh, can Tulu, if Tulu can get some touches on special teams and get his legs going, I think this game could be won in special teams. Um, I'm always a big proponent of winning games and special teams. Specialists hold a dear place in my heart. But I've got Tulu. If they can get that man more touches, I think he'll I think he has potential has big play potential every time he touches the ball. So Tulu's gonna be my X factor uh in terms of the return game and on offense. And then when it comes to defense, this this is the tricky one. This is the tricky one. I'm gonna go with Jet Johnson. I'm going to go with Jet Johnson, middle linebacker, because here's why. He's going to have to meet Chris Rodriguez in the hole for four straight quarters because Kentucky's a ground-and-pound team. All Will Levis is in the game to do is to manage the game. That is it. If Jet Johnson can make his presence known, have himself a game, and the rest of that middle linebacking core keep the run in check, like we've seen them do this year against talented running backs already, then Mississippi State's got a very, very solid chance of winning this football game.
0: Yeah, just to add a little to that, instead of picking one particular player, I think this D-line will be a very huge part in this game on the pure fact of Kentucky's running game. They match, I just looked at, at it a second ago, Their passing yards for the season and their rush yards for the season, they are as close to as identical as you can get. Pass yards on the season, 1,378. Rush yards, 1,336. So they're off by 40 yards, give or take.
1: They're a very balanced team, but they they rely on the run game to open up that passing game.
0: Yeah, they are on the season, they average almost 200 yards on the ground and almost 200 yards in the air. So we're going to see a little bit of both. But if you stop one of those because they're so balanced, it takes away, for argument's sake, we'll say 100 yards, whether it's the passing game or the running game. That's that's a quarter of their offense that we just completely take away. So I I think that D-line is going to play a huge part especially in momentum during this game. If they can get that run game shut down early in the first quarter, maybe even early in the second quarter, I mean, they got to rely on their passing game. And Will
1: Levis is not going to beat you. Yeah, so. Wondell Robinson, maybe. Will Levis, that quarterback, is not going to beat you.
0: As we know, for us, we are the historic air raid offense. We're going to be seeing probably drop eight the entire game as with most games, so we'll know what to see when Mississippi State is on the offensive end when Kentucky is trying to shut us down. But a couple minutes left here, about three and a half to go. You have who? And by how many?
1: I got Mississippi State 31 to 21.
0: You got a 10-point game. Okay. I'm, I'm also in that general direction. I've got Mississippi State – about thirty-five, fourteen. Uh,
1: you cut out of mine. You might want to re- You might want to say that. I again. got. I got Mississippi State
0: thirty-five, Kentucky fourteen. Cool. Interesting. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a day for the dogs. I like. I think it. It. It'll be homecoming,
1: uh, big game atmosphere, top twenty-five atmosphere, top twenty-five implications. You get two top, top twenty-five 12. wins and on the season after thumping Vanderbilt. And the win over NC State, who I believe is still ranked. Maybe not.
0: Not sure. Uh, I do not know off of the top of my head. I'm trying to do a quick little background check real quick. NC State. They're, they're borderline. I believe they are borderline. They did. No, they dropped from the rankings this week. So, But at a point in time, NC State being ranked. Then we had um, Texas A&M. Who we defeated when they were – I don't even know what they were ranked when we defeated them. 15. They were they were ranked 15th. Um, talking about that, if Mississippi State does win this game, is this enough to push them into the rankings? It's incredibly possible.
1: After the Texas A&M game, you saw them getting votes, and then you saw them not get any after getting thumped by Bama, and then I don't believe they got any after beating Vanderbilt handily. So – Um, I think it's a potential to get votes. They may get in, they may not. But to me, as a voter, it would be hard not to put them in with two top 15 wins.
0: Real quick before we go, because we do have a couple minutes still left to go. Looking ahead, Mississippi State's schedule, we talked about it briefly just a moment ago. What is your prediction – for the next five games? Kentucky, Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee State, Ole Miss. At this point in time, I know things will change down the road with how other teams perform, how they look, injuries, this, that, and the other. But at this moment in time, what are your predictions for how we think Mississippi State will end this season off?
1: If they win this weekend, I think Mississippi State finishes seven and five, like I predicted earlier this year. If they win this weekend, I see them getting one more out of those next, whether it's Auburn or Ole Miss. And Tennessee State
0: obviously. So who, which do you have an idea of who you think we would lose to? Who are our two losses?
1: I think you lose Arkansas. I
0: think
1: you I think you beat Auburn. And I think you lose the egg bowl.
0: We're in Mississippi State podcast and you're saying we're gonna lose the egg bowl.
1: Matt Corral's ridiculous. That's just how it I, is.
0: Matt Corral is ridiculous. Speaking of Ole Miss, I don't think they're getting nearly enough talk than they should be, but that's a topic for another day. They're 6-1, and they're 10th in the nation. They obviously – their one loss of the year is Bama, which you kind of expected. But just a couple seconds left here. Once again, we'll be back on Tuesday. Next week we will – try to have another student journalist from around the country. We were not able to make that happen this week, but Thursdays are usually our days for that. We might have another special guest come Tuesday that's still in the works to see what we can bring up for that. But, on that note, we'll start to close things out. Once again, we are on, we do now have a Twitter. We forgot to announce that. The dudes has oh, yeah. a Twitter account. That happened like Two weeks ago, maybe just a week, but we do have a Twitter account. If you want updates, uh, quickest way to find our link. If you don't want to type everything in, is the Dudes Pod on Twitter. That is our handle. You can go find episodes there. The link to Spotify and Apple Podcasts will be there. You can find there, or you can type in the Dudes and try and find it there, and try and type in my difficult last name, which I do not advise. So, <laughs> anyway, we are streaming. Last time we checked, it was like 23 different states. We are in England. So yeah. it's uh, it's neat for us to see how this has grown since we started. This is episode 18, I believe, which I didn't realize we had done that many. But cool. so we're, we're making it, buddy. We're making it. We will also, one last announcement, be back in the studio of 911 WMSV recording our podcast as Tanner is getting excited. I can see through the Zoom call. I hate Zoom. Um, Oh, I hate Zoom. (laughs) We will be back there come Tuesday. A little better audio quality. We can see each other's reactions a little better and play off of that. So that will help things come back a little smoother. But hopefully we'll have some more great content for you, and hopefully we'll have another Bulldog win coming into Tuesdays episode. For Tanner Marlar, I'm Cody Blazak. So long, and we'll talk to you come Tuesday.